uh, we are been calling or been teaching out of the book of Colossians, and you know we went into this last uh, last week. We got into, and I, I was planning, as I said, like last week, I was planning on just blowing through the book of Colossians in about three or four weeks. And then I get I get slowed down by the content of a few verses, and and I just don't want to rush that. I think the, the the things that God's dealing with throughout this verse, I mean this book, it's incredible. And He first of all deals with error within the church and things that were trying to come in, and and then He goes into uh, the topic of how to live a Christian life. And I think it's so important. Like we talked about last week, He really talked about us working on us. And I I don't know about you, but. I, I have a lot to do just keeping me straight. And, and nobody said amen. I was just, my wife's not here, but Kathy's known me a long time. She, she knows that. But no, there, there's plenty to do with just uh, focusing on ourselves. There's plenty to do with just working on ourselves. And, and you know what? That's the wonderful thing. I think that's why I, I prayed that prayer that I prayed uh, <clears throat> as, as we opened, is that in, in the presence of Jesus, it didn't matter. You know, Jesus loved all. He received all. But the wonderful thing was he didn't leave all in the condition they were in. He didn't just automatically accept everything that was going on in people's lives and say, oh, it's okay. But he brought transformation. And, and that's really what we're after. You know, I, I know that there's times that, that people... Uh, don't have uh, everything they need or they're struggling in, in, in times of life. And there's times where life is a challenge, man. I, I mean, there's times when, when there's the things that we're going through are a challenge. And some things are, are, are out of our control and outside of our control. And, and, but the, the thing that we have that the world doesn't have is just as Jesus walked with the disciples, what did he say in John chapter 14? He said, I'm going away, but I'm sending another comforter. I'm sending a, a parac the paraclete, another just like myself self. Allos parakletos in the Greek, it just means that another exactly like me, not me, but one just like me. He was sending the Holy Spirit. And, and what he called him is spirit of truth. And we'll look at that in a little bit on some of those definitions of, of who and what he, uh, the Holy Spirit, and that, and that person of the Holy Spirit is. But I can tell you this, that, that God doesn't want us to remain in the condition that we're in. Uh, he wants to bring us to that higher place at higher level. You know, the interesting thing is, is, is the world, in this world we're in, they try to, they try to bring division any way they can. Uh, I say they. I mean, you know, the, the media, the thing that we are battling, even in this nation, they, because the devil's greatest tool is to divide, then he can conquer. If he can divide you in your mind between the promises of God and, he be, and, can, give, and can begin to isolate all the things wrong. I wrote this, I wrote this down. The discontented, discontented people constantly calculate what's wrong with their lot in life. You see, here's the thing. If we can learn to, to grow in the things of God, then we can grow past that place of discontentedness because the devil loves to point us to everything wrong. You know, that's what he, he divides us in our mind away from or separated from the good things that God has. Do you know, and no matter how much you get in life, no matter, no matter how much money or how many things, there's somebody who has more. You know, no matter how good all the things in your life, there's always more. This, this whole idea and this, this thing of, of comparison 
You know, uh, it, it, it just, the devil will use anything he can to divide us. And so uh, last week, I'll just remind you of verses, um, and I'm reading this out of the Amplified Translation, but uh, chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old, unregenerated self with its evil practices. So he was talking about, or he's talking about, you've been, you've been born again, you've been raised new in Christ Jesus, your spirit man's reborn, now begin to reshape your flesh and your mind, will, and emotions, your soul. Begin to change your thinking, begin to adjust and, and, and adapt to the things of God. You've got to begin to do your part. See, who's responsible for changing those things? We are, but we're not alone in it. We'll get to that in a little bit, but he says in verse 10, he says, and have clothed yourself with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into the fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. Without realizing it, last week, I flipped that word remolded to remodeled. Some of you might have caught that. Martha did. She let me know afterwards. Some of you, I, I didn't have my, I, I, I flipped that word, but it, it fits exactly with the whole process. It, it would be, a, I believe, a, a synonym of that as well, or, or another example of what's taken place. Because what do we do when we renew? We bring something dead into new life. What do we do when we remold? We, we shape and reform. What do we do when we remodel? We renovate. We, and there's other scripture that talks about that and uses that analogy of the renovation of us. That's what's taking place. And, and that's what Colossians, man, that's what he, one of the things that he's talking about is how do we renovate or remodel our life into being more like Christ? Well, let me tell you, you will, you will, make, you will make progress, and sometimes it'll feel like one step forward and two steps back. There's times when you fall prey to, to the, the things of the world or, or whatever, but we have the, always have that opportunity with the power of the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to, to bring us into that, restoring us into that place where God would have us to be. You know, we're, we're, we're in that, that ever in the process of being it's in, it's in brackets, ever in the process of being. You know, what are we being? We're being renewed. We're being remolded. And I'll, I'll just add the word remodeled. You know, we're we being restored. I, I used the example of my John Deere 4440, that 80, 1982 tractor of renewing, getting the inside of my cab all redone doing the work to, to change it. Now, it's still an old tractor. It's still got all those uh, hours on it. it. It's still, you know, not, not new. I, I was, I, there was, when we were putting in that, that foam, if you, the, it's got the, if you've ever been in those tractor cabs, they've got that soundproofing and that insulation. It's a foam stuff. And boy, you, you spray contact stuff on both sides of that. And when you, when you put it down, it's there. So, so needless to say, my tractor cab is not perfect. I was talking to Jay Hoover about this, and, and he's Mr. Perfectionist. And, uh, you know, he, I can just, I just get my guitar and I go play. I mean, he's like, no, wait a minute. We, we, the reason he hadn't played yet is because he's, he's, he's wanting it to be perfect. I'm about to just say, look, dude, you're just going to have to show up. We're just going to have to get after it. You're a work in progress. But see, we, we, he, he was talking about one of his cabs that had been redone. It wasn't done very good. And I thought, you know, I, I'm going to show the video I showed. It was just the parts that were perfect. I didn't show that gap that we missed. 
the wrinkle that we left in there. See, in our remodel process, we're going to have some wrinkles along the way. We're probably not going to be, we're not probably not going to be just perfect in it. But I tell you what, God doesn't, He doesn't want us to be left in the place that we're in. He wants to bring us to a higher level. He wants to bring us to a place that we can live and walk in the, in the contentment that He's provided for us. We don't want to be that discontented person who only sees everything wrong. We don't want to be that di discontented person who's calculating what's wrong with their lot in life. You know, what, what that'll put on us is, is we'll begin to make excuses or we'll begin to blame others when, listen, we can't always control what others have done. I, I can go back through my life. We, we, we lost virtually, virtually everything due to one, one man. I mean, you know, you could just narrow it down. There's a whole lot of problems, but it came down to one, one thing that happened that pretty much brought all that to, 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 that altered, changed the trajectory of all of our lives, my family's lives, my mom, my, my, my siblings, uh, in, in which in turn affects everything else. Well, so do we make a choice to spend all of our time blaming all of our problems and the challenges of life? Or do, we, or do we grab hold of what we have and say, okay, God, I'm trusting you to give me the ability to overcome? See, we can, my, my, my mom's a great example since she's not here to talk about her. <laughs> she's probably watching online. But, but uh, you know, she, she literally had lost everything, I mean, 20, 25 years ago. You know, lost virtually, came to Enid with zero. I gave her, my, my wife and I gave her a car to drive. Now, in the process of that, she trusted God. In the process of that, she worked her rear end off, still works. I mean, she told me the other day, she had, I guess she, I can tell this, she had 17 houses under contract, just like at one time. I mean, now, that didn't come as a result of, oh, well, she's, isn't, isn't she nice or whatever. That came from absolutely working. I mean, she still works at 70, whatever, however old she is. And, and, and the amazing thing is, is she made that by choice. Now, listen, we all have our, our challenges and we all have our issues and there's, re, there's, there's things that are very, very difficult, but we make a choice to say, okay, God, I am going to trust you. She did that through hard work, yes, but through trusting God and allowing God to renovate, to renew, to restore. We have to make that choice that we're going to do that. And, and along the way, you know, part of that process is that when we fall down, we get up. <laughs> when, when we fail, we keep going. When people do us wrong, we look unto Jesus and, and we look to Him. So let's, now let's jump ahead here to verse 14. Because I want to get into what he's talking about today. Because yet last week, we, in, in, in the verses prior here, he's, he focused on the church and the problems within it. Then he focused on individuals. How do we need to change? And now he's beginning to get into relationships and, and how do we deal with people. Here in verse, verse 14, he says, Above all these things, above all these, put on love. And enfold yourself with the bond of perfectness, which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. So he's saying, okay, I'm getting ready to talk about relationships. I just talked about you. Now here's what you need to do. Put this in, put in be in, surrounded with, engulfed in, bound together in, ideal harmony, which only comes through love. Now where does that love, does that mean, you know, the world's idea of love is just to, just to agree with everything, okay? That's not necessarily the picture. 
but it is that we're entirely focused on the love of God, His love for us, and then our love for other, other people and our willingness to, to love ourselves at times. You know, I, I don't know who that might be for, but I'm going to tell you what, that is, that is something. Go ahead. It's all right to go ahead and love yourself. Now, understand, we're still responsible for putting off the old and putting on the new. We're not, we're not saying, I just love myself so I can just be what I am, okay? Being, you know, this is fairly hard teaching if you start looking at the things it says to not do and to put on and, and the challenges that it has. It's, it, the, but that's the Scripture. See, Jesus walked into people's lives and He said, I absolutely love you. And He, he told the, what the, the woman with, that had been caught in adultery, they were going to stone her. He said, you who have not sinned, cast the first stone. Then knelt down, just let it deal with it, and they all walked away. And what did he say? He said, where are your accusers now? She said, they've all left. And he said, I'm not accusing you, or I'm not accusing you either. But he didn't stop there. He said, go now and sin no more. So while he loved her and accepted her for, for what he was and wasn't judging her in the manner that the world was, he absolutely said, now, now go and live a better life. Live a different way. So that's our challenge. And so as we get ready to go into these things, we, th these next few verses, he's preparing us. Verse 15, I love this, out of the Amplified, I, I love this. It says, let the peace, soul harmony which comes. So he identifies what that peace is supposed to look like in verse 15. Let the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ rule act as an umpire continually in your hearts. So just, just get this picture, thinking about this picture of, of what he's talking about. He says, let, let peace rule. Now, first of all, I, I begin to, to look at that word rule. What's it meaning? And, and I wrote a couple things down. It, it, means, it, it means the deciding factor or the, or the one who'll give, I, I wrote it as this, the one who'll give the final answer. He says, as an umpire. What's an umpire? You, you ever been to your kid's baseball or softball game? And, you know, boy, I mean, you, you live in, you, you just feel like you're almost living and dying with those kids, you know. And, and, and you got, I remember being at, at, at a couple of uh, uh, games, and, and we were in the, actually in the state championship game with Cade down in, in high school down at, at Bricktown Ballpark. And I, and I remember one time, uh, it was his freshman or sophomore year, I don't know, he was at the, he was at the plate, and we had, I mean, it was critical time, and we really needed a hit. And the ball's way up here. I mean, you know, and he calls a strike. So he puts him behind in the count. And if you know baseball and you know, understand the whole mindset and the whole thing, everything's affected by now. And I mean, preacher or not, I, that umpire needed to hear how sorry he <laughs> was at that time. Right, I mean, I mean, come on. But you know what? No matter how much yelling and hollering I did, and I didn't do too much. I, by this time, now as a well, my first daughter, my first daughter. I mean, that was I was wondering I didn't get thrown out a few games. Then um, I had my mom on one side and my patting me on the leg. This is a basketball games, and my ma, my wife on the other side saying, "You're a pastor. Sit down. You're a pastor." I'm like, Wah! <laughs> You know, what was funny was there was always somebody else to do the yelling for me. All I had to say was one little thing, and then these, there's like four other moms. Who, they didn't know the game, but boy, that was wrong. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I'm just, okay, Lord, let's move on. 
But that final answer, that umpire had the final answer. It didn't matter how much I complained. He had the final answer. Well, see, listen, no matter what the devil yaps in your ear, no, no matter what people think, really, whether or not you're in soul harmony, in the peace of God, really, you have the right to allow him to have the final answer. You know, what's he say about you? That's what we need to identify with. That's what we need to know. We need to know, my God... It, what, what, what does my God say as the final answer about who I am? I, I, I made reference to the, to the personality temperament thing, yet the Enneagram, I think is, it's called, or whatever, the number system that per, teaches your personalities. I said, you know, you know, that's a valuable tool, but it can't be, it, don't, don't, I, don't let that be your final answer for everything that is a weakness within that personality trait. Also allow, and remember, the supernatural power of God gives us the ability to, to adjust. Now, that may be the way we're wired. We need, we may help, it may help to understand that. But at the, in the end result, if, if your personality is one, one thing, allow the power of God to adapt and adjust you and grow you and mature you. He says, he says again in verse 15, let, let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ's rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts. Now notice, I love this in brackets, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. See, what, what does God say? You know, what's His final answer? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Whether I have a little, whether I have a lot, wh whether I'm at the end of myself or not, whether I've sinned greatly or not, when I tap into God, and, and, and is, is it going to be easy? Is it going to be always instant? No. And there's times we get progressive miracles, or we get progressive things that happen over time. There's, there's, there's times it's, it's a long process. There's times there's setbacks, but what, what does God say? And that's what we got to hang on to. You know, uh, if it was easy, everybody would do it, I guess. Huh? I tell my kids all that all the time be trying to do something in athletics or trying to, you know, rope or do something. I said, man, if it's easy, everybody do this. He goes on, he says, settling with finality all the questions that arise in your mind in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to, to God always. You know, man, that, that verse right there is a mouthful. That, that, that verse in and of itself can, can uh, preach for an hour. It, it, can, it can be our prayer time and our focus for a week. If we'll take that verse, and, and especially out of the Amplified, and say, Lord, I just want to walk in that. Teach me, show me, how do I walk in that? I, I want you to hold your place there if you're in, in that book and look at John chapter 14. I referred to it earlier. One of, the, one of the verses I, or chapters I refer to a lot is, is this because I know that if we're going to, I think I said this Tuesday night at Cowboy Church, I said, wouldn't you hate or don't you hate it whenever you, you have your phone and you've done, you've been using it for quite a while and then, you know, your grandkid, your kid or some friend or somebody shows you, oh, you know, you can do this. And I'm like, really? Where's that, where's that little deal been? Well, it was in the owner's manual. 
Yeah, Kathy, that's the way I am. What? Owner's manual? Who reads the owner's manual? You just get it and start playing with it. You know, isn't it frustrating to have at your disposal something and then all of a sudden realize it way later? And I think that's what, that's what I, I realize about the help of the Holy Spirit. The more, you know, we need to understand, well, it's hard to understand the Trinity. It's hard to understand God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But if we can, if we can understand the roles that they play and how they help us, the, the presence and the, the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our life is something we ought to seek after. Jesus made it clear how to pray. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name with the help of the Holy Spirit. So we're not praying to the, the Holy Spirit, but we can talk to Him and ask Him, say, Lord, you know, uh, I, can, I need a little help here. When we say that, uh, the Lord, who's the one that comes along with the thoughts and the, the ideas and the help? It's the Holy Spirit in us. Because Jesus was relating that to His disciples. They had relied, learned to rely on Him, and they're getting ready to go into this, uh, into this life without Him. And He says, I'm sending another just like myself, he said that up there in chapter, or in uh, this same chapter in verse 16, but we're going to go to verse 27 because we're talking about peace. He says, peace I leave with you. Jesus is speaking here to his disciples. He says, peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give you and bequeath to you. Man, just think about that. If, if Jesus were up here today, I'm not sure he'd be up here. He'd probably down, he'd probably, he'd probably down here. Of course, his camera, we're a little limited in what we can do, but Jesus, I think, would be down here. I'll go back up there in a minute because I'm probably, I'm high. It's probably cutting my, I'm probably right about right here. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay, I'm going to leave that. He said, not, it's not the camera that's limited. Oh, oh. Man, I tell you what, we love you guys back there in that sound booth. I tell you what, no, it, it really is the camera. It's the tripod that's limited. See, it, it's, not, it's not Jason. But Jesus would, Jesus would come into that in our, into our lives and in our situation, and, and he, but he'd say, look, I'm, I'm giving you a gift. I'm bequeathing to you. You don't have to qualify for it. I'm, I'm going to give you, if you, your qualification is to, is to go to, eventually go to the upper room, wait on the Holy Spirit, wait on the new birth, wait on me, and wait on this one I'm talking about, and the empowerment that he provides is coming. But he says, just like you've experienced me. What did Jesus do? Walked into every situation and had enough, or more than enough. He had everything he needed at his disposal. As a man, he chose to set aside the advantage of being the Son of God, continually being the Son of God, but yet being a man walking this earth. And, and how did he do that? Well, it said after he was baptized in the River Jordan, he come up out of there, and the Holy Spirit descended from heaven as a dove. God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, and we, saw, we see him go then anointed into his earthly ministry. And so the example that Jesus, when he, when he walked, was as the Son of God, but yet he was experiencing things as we do. And so he's saying, look, I'm going away, but I'm going to send another just like me. And, and he says, my peace I give to you. Now, as the, not as the world gives, do I give to you. And now, just think for a minute about the, the way the world gives peace. We think we, it's got to be all in, in agreement or everything smooth and everything. See, it's, and, and it's all affected by what's outward. We, th there's peace when everybody's agreeing. Well, if you know, if, if you've raised kids, you know that outwardly they can be agreeing, or but inwardly they may not be. Kind of like the little boy that said, you know, was told to go sit in the corner. You know, and he said, well, you know, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. 
right? You know, on the inside, you know. So the world gives peace outwardly. Everything looks good. It, we're, we're at peace when we're getting our way, or we're at peace when we have all the stuff we need. We're, we're at peace when our equipment's running, or we're at peace when there's plenty of money in the bank, or we're at peace. What are all those outward things? But see, God, Jesus said, I'm giving you peace on the inside that's not conditional to all this. It, it, the storm can be raging, and you can have peace. The bank can be calling, not just for a friendly thank you for being business, but maybe calling because you got a, a check that's bouncing. But peace can maintain. You may get a doctor's report. You may get a lot of things that, that challenge your peace. But he says, I'm not giving you peace by the way the world gives you peace. I'm giving you peace in a different way. Not as the world gives. Do, do not let your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Wow. Jesus, you're hard, but you don't know. <laughs> he didn't put a condition on that. He just said, don't. Now, now listen, I know I'm doing the enneagram, and I understand personalities. My personality, I may be able to say, no, you're not going there a little easier than another personality. But he didn't say, okay, all you sevens, you're good. No, he also said, you sixes, back there, in the back row. Well, behind you, Mark, sorry, you, you're, you're the back row. But you're included, look. You know, you know, you know, you've heard the old term, if you throw a shoe into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that got hit. Mark must have got hit, I I'm just glad he was paying attention. <laughs> now, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun there, but, but, but see, that's just the thing. He didn't, he didn't say it would be easy, although it is easier. We know personnel, one, one versus the other, it's easy. You know, I, I remember, that, you know, in our, in, with our different girls, our oldest daughter, she came home, as soon as she hit the door, blam, blah, 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 you knew everything that went on in the day, good, bad, and ugly. I mean, you knew every girl that had... Done the girl stuff, you know, I mean, you know, all the, yeah, and all that stuff. If you've know, got young girls and you hadn't experienced that yet, oh, just wait. It's fun. The, the, second, the second daughter, she'd come home, oh, everything's wonderful. You never knew. She wouldn't talk. It was a whole different ball game. So we just, I, me, dad, man, just, duh, rock along. Everything's wonderful. And you didn't know. Someone might not be wonderful. And so, so, you know, but where God is concerned and our walk with God is concerned, when he commands us, the wonderful thing is when he commands us to do something, he doesn't leave us alone to do it on our own. He gives us, us the responsibility, but that's why I talk about the, the power of the Holy Spirit and, and referring to these verses so much is because it's through the help of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, that we get it done. He says, don't let yourselves be agitated. In other words, a moment of agitation is fine. A day or a week, uh-uh. Uh, one time I wasn't feeling, I don't remember what the deal was. I, I was sleeping in the lounge chair. And I think it was Kenzie said, are you and mom having a fight? <laughs> it's like, no. I mean, that never, I mean, we don't. That, that's just not something that we do, get mad and sleep separate or whatever. I mean, you know, we just, I don't know, we just didn't ever do it. I mean, it doesn't mean we 
was all hugging and kissy at every time we went to bed. There's times we was like this, but but we, we chose to do that. Well, see, we the way we choose, he says, don't let yourself be agitated and disturbed. In other words, let it pass and allow, here's the thing, allow the whole help of the Holy Spirit to, to enable us to handle those things. Do not permit yourself. Do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. See, that's the opposite of peace. See, the devil, we understand we're, we're, in, a, we're in a fight, we're in a world, there's a, there's a devil out there and he is trying to destroy uh, our lives any way that he can. And so that if he, he can bring anything he can, you're having a wonderful day, but you're needing to get somewhere and what will happen? You'll get somebody that is driving slow in front of you. Yesterday, I'm, I'm at the four-way stop at, at, at uh, Willow and Fourth, headed to our house. We live just east of there a little ways out on Willow. I'm at that big four-way stop, two lanes on each side, lots of room. You know, and, and the assumption is if you roll up there and there's a truck or a car going, you know, the here and they're going on through, I mean, just you might as well just go because, I mean, there's no reason to. But it's not this orderly little way. Just get out of the way so everybody else can have the deal. Well, this car beside me, I roll up there, and he had been already stopped, and he, he took off. Well, I could see he wasn't turning, so I just went. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, I hadn't completely come to a stop, technically, but I mean, it wasn't hurting anything. Didn't really change. I got told I was number one <laughs> by the person over here. I wanted to stop and go, really? Do you think you could have gone any quicker? I was like, wow. But you know what? That agitated me for about that long. Could have agitated me all day. I'd forgotten about it till just now. So obviously the Holy Spirit wanted to illustrate that story. But you know what? He says, don't be agitated. Here's the thing. There's times we will be. But what he's saying is don't let it remain. Don't let it steal your peace. He says, don't. Now let's back up to the verse in front of this. Verse 26. But the comforter. And the reason I pulled this up out of the Amplified, look at all these names. This is talking about the Holy Spirit. The comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby. See, he's always there for us. He's, a, he's that standby. He's that one we can always rely on. You know, people are awesome sometimes. Sometimes not. But you know what? We, we, we want to have those, those that help us, but there's one that we can always depend on. Sometimes people aren't able to, to sustain that, that support. Remember, remember, we're talking about having His peace the way He gave it, a supernatural peace, a peace not like the world says give it. So we backed up to verse 26, and here's how we receive that peace, is because the peace of God that passes understanding floods our heart and our mind through Him, Philippians 4, 6, but it, it also it's on the inside of us as a result of the person of the Holy Spirit because He is all these things to us. One word can't explain or define him. Man, you know, counsel, do you ever not know something you, you want? Counsel? See, it doesn't matter what job you're, you're in. If you're a mechanic, if you're a mom, if you're a doctor, if you're a, if you're a, a whatever, whatever it is that you do, dealing with cattle, dealing with equipment, dealing with retirement, dealing with, with, with information, Raising kids, I guarantee you, you need that counsel from God. He can, he can identify the thing you're missing. You know, sometimes it, for me, it's, I'll, I'll ask the, the Lord, I'll say, Lord, what do I do in this situation? And sometimes a, a 
uh, he'll, what, do you, what do you say over there earlier? He said he'll bring back to your remembrance the things that Jesus had spoken. Well, you know how we studied and we prayed for our kids to study? Is we'd say, we're going to trust that the Holy Spirit bring to your remembrance the things that you've put on the inside. You know, you, you have to sometimes diagnose. You have to sometimes uh, identify the thing right, but really that really is behind it. Dealing with people, dealing with kids. A lot of times you're not getting the first, the, the, the thing you're seeing isn't the real cause. And boy, hey, wouldn't it be nice if you could just find that little thing that's underneath the surface that's behind it all. Why is this kid acting out? I can, I can solve it with one easy thing. Or, or why, is, why do we, every time we get to this point, we, we fight? Why, it, it's all these things. Why, why do I make all this progress and then fall back? The counselor, the Holy Spirit, can identify those things. What, what about the helper just making us better at what we do? I can guarantee you when we allow or rely on the Holy Spirit, no matter how gifted and talented you are, no matter how many years of experience you, you have to uh, apply it, no, no matter how limited you are, both ends of the spectrum, the Holy Spirit's the same. He's there to help us, to help us get there. An advocate, the strengthener, the standby, all those things. And notice he goes on, whom the Father will send in my name in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. So for them, they had Jesus right there with them. He said, he's going to, he's going to do the same things that I would do if I were here. He will teach you all things. Oh, I read that earlier. Now he's saying this. I was referring to it. He'll teach you all things and he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything that I've told you. I guess we hadn't read it yet. I, but he said, I'll remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything that I've told you. See, now you can flip back over there to Colossians. Remember, he says, decide with finality. With finality I said, what's the final answer? What's the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to remind us of the things that he told us. He was telling his disciples that. But that's still a live, living word that's going to speak to us today. When you, when you, when you say, man, I just can't go on, what's, he, what's the Holy Spirit going to whisper? What's He going to remind you of? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I, I don't know what to do. If we lack wisdom, we can ask, and He'll give it. Another scripture. He can remind us of things to come. I never have the right words. I never seem to be able to say the right thing. Isaiah 50, verse 4, He can wake us morning by morning to hear with the ear of the learned. He can, he can enable us to speak with the tongue of the learned. So you can make that your prayer. You can allow God to speak it to you. You can allow Him to begin to shape and mold and make the rough edges remodel you. You, you may still say things you wish you hadn't said sometimes. But you can get a lot better at it. <laughs> and maybe, maybe when you do speak and say something you wished you wouldn't have, he'll give you the wisdom on how to, how to, how to fix it. You know, that's the power of the, of the Word of God working in us. But notice, and I, and I, didn't, I don't want to leave this quite yet, he says that Christ's rule act as an umpire continually. I'm in verse uh, Colossians 4.15. Continually. Not part of the time, continually. 
and you know, I, I think a big part of it, not I think, I know the, a big part of this is that we got to train ourselves to yield to or to listen to that little voice, uh, that little, the world calls it a conscience, but that little, that little voice, that little, that little thing speaking to us. Chapter 3, yeah, I said uh, Colossians 4. 3. Good, I saw, I saw somebody helping. I saw somebody helping somebody else with, with where I was at. Colossians 3, yeah, 15. So you want to allow that. Now, let's continue on here uh, a little bit in just a few, few minutes. Man, I wanted to get through all this, but he, he's, he's challenging us here. He says, uh, verse 16, Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its rich, richness as you teach and admonish and train one another in all insights and intelligence and wisdom in spiritual things as you sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, making melody to God with His grace in your hearts. Boy, I tell you what, he, he, he just says, as you, and, and so he's writing to Christians, and he says, as you're living together in church, in Christ, as Christian friends, as he said, put all these things within your words. He said, let my words, let the words that Christ spoke <clears throat> have its home in your hearts and minds, dwell in you, living in you. So that's the part of that process that we got to continually grow, continually feed on the Word of God, continue to enable it to be in, in, in our hearts and our minds. And then it begins to affect how we speak, how, what we think, how we, uh, our relationships with, uh, with other Christians. And then he goes on in verse uh, 17. I love this. He says, And whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon His person giving praise to God the Father through Him. So listen, he, 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 he tells us how to balance our life. He says, just do everything as unto the Lord. Not with a motive, not with, with uh, you know, there, there's times I leave here and, and uh, you know, I, I remember of different churches that had, it was funny, uh, one church that I was in, I mean, I would meet people at the back door or whatever, shake hands as the people are leaving. And I mean, I just get all these accolades. I've had people just say, oh man, that was so good. And then I go to some other church or some other time, and there are just pe people just walk by, have a good week. They never acknowledge anything. Now listen, I have learned that I am not going to measure my success or, or failure and my peace and my joy whether or not what people say, Okay. I usually get enough compliments from somebody. My mom will at least tell me I did a good job. <laughs> you know, Sue, I'll, she's not real vocal in, about things, and I tease her sometimes. I said, man, you know, I'll walk in and say, boy, you're doing good. Man, that, boy, that preacher was on getting the car. Boy, that preacher was on fire today. You know, just encouraging and tease her about not. So she'll go, oh, yeah, you did a good job. <laughs> you know, But, you know, we, we don't want it to be according to other people, we want to make sure that no matter what it is we're going to do, we're going to do it as unto the Lord. And if nobody notices, if you come in and nobody shook your hand, if God said you were there and you received from the Lord, you ought to still be thankful and have that good attitude. Now, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spend much time on this, but I, I'm, I'm, I didn't intend to. We may come back to this 
Yeah, we are. I'm not going to get in. I can't get into wives submit and 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 five minutes. I'll be in a lot of trouble. Look at all of you already. Like, uh, uh-uh, what are you going to say? <laughs> Just remember, I have two sisters. Was raised by my mama. I've got three daughters and a wife, so I know. I get in trouble a lot, let's just say that. But you know, God continues in these next verses to challenge us on how to live. It's amazing to me how we we reject things that God has put in place for fear. And and, and this, this verse says, wives, submit to your husbands subordinate and, ad- and adapt yourselves to them as is right and fitting and, and proper in his duty. And, but, but notice he doesn't quit there. He says in verse 19, Husbands, love your wives. Be affectionate and sympathy with them. Do not be harsh or bitter or resentful towards them. Children, obey your parents in everything which, which is um, pleasing of the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke or irritate or fret your children. Do not be hard on them and harass them lest they become discouraged and sullen and morous. Uh, uh, and feel inferior and frustrated. Do not break their spirit. So you know what he's talking about? He's saying, look, everybody has work to do and everybody's working together and there's things that we all got to grow in. You know, here's the thing. People run from the word submit or, or they run from some of these things when, when if you think about it, what God's doing is he's giving us the ability. Remember, remember he started with let peace rule. So he's bringing, he's bringing us together with the ability to, to be unified in unity and moving forward in. It doesn't, it's not at all giving the, uh, the, the right for one to lord over another and to control or dictate. What's, what's the, what, what God's really, and this is the thing I want, I'll, I'll kind of close with, kind of. I'll head towards closing anyway. Is when he, when he says that, what is the greatest need of a man? Now, I know what many wives would say, and, and that's not number one. That's probably number two. Number one is honor and respect. Somebody thought a physical thing might be the number one need of a man. But number one is, is honor and respect. See, that's what God's demonstrating there, is that you can respect your, your husband, your as the head of the household, without being nothing or being abused or being uh, put down. God kind of, I was walking around the island of my, our, our, in our kitchen praying and going over these notes. It's the, it's the power that comes as a result of giving something you don't have to give. You saying, you saying as a, as a wife, you saying, I honor you. I don't have to. And, and see what the world has done is they've tried to bring the division to bring to to bring women to a place of usurp. It's like there's this struggle to usurp one another. When in God's eyes, He says, I want you together to be able to be unified together, so that your strengths offset one another. I'll guarantee you most, most fights are about money, power, decisions, who's going to do what. I don't feel loved. I don't feel that whatever. whatever. But when, when, we, when we're yielded to one another, yielded together, 
In other words, willing to give. See, what does he, what does he say about in, in uh, Ephesians 5? He says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. So he said, don't just love her and be affectionate towards her, but give your life for her. Now, I know a lot of men that say just as hard as the women say, uh-uh, is the men say, uh-uh. We want to sing the country and uh, western song, I'm sure going to miss her because she's making me choose between fishing. I'm going fishing. So there's a lot of men run from commitment. See, their, their word is commitment. Why? Because I got stuff I want to do, and I don't want, to be, I don't, I don't want the old ball and chain. Well, see, when, when, that's not God's idea of marriage. It's not that I have to give up, and now he's got to dictate everything, and, and or I've got to commit, and now I don't have any freedom anymore. It's that I'm yielded to one another. I'm, I'm willing to give what is most important. A man is, is that respect and honor. Now, let me, let me challenge you, men. If you're not being respectful and honorable, then I ain't going to side with you. I mean, that, that gives no rule, no right to lord over. By golly, I used to use that when I was dumb, young and dumb. My Bible says submit. <laughs> I only used it once or twice, but hey, it's worth a try. <laughs> I'm boss, I'm head. Well, you know, it's kind of like the little kid. The little kid can be in the corner outwardly doing, but on the inside, no. But see, here's the thing. When, when there's that reciprocation and I'm loving her to the point, I, I spent three and a half hours yesterday on the mower. He said, well, whoop-de-doo. Well, that's my wife. My wife takes care of all the lawn, but she's gone, and it's getting big. And so I made sure, and, and of course, I made sure she knew it, too. <laughs> I sent her a picture. But see, I wouldn't have had to have done that. I don't do that for any of, of my benefit. I do that out of a love for her. I don't want her to get home from New York and have her busiest two days at work and, and then her happen to be worrying about doing the lawn. And I had other things I wanted to do. You know, I, I had a guy wanting to go shoot some guns, and I had a guy, want, you know, I, I had stuff I could have done. It was for me. But we, 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 we do that. So why I give my commitment of my life that says, okay, I'm no longer that love and that appreciation for her. I'm no longer going to put my dreams and my goals independent of yours above anything else. I'm willing to give you that kind of love, and in return, she's willing to submit, yield to me as the authority, whether I really am or not. <laughs> you know, she honors me and respects me enough to include me as she makes all the decisions, right? <laughs> we, we joke a little bit about that, but, but that balance... See, that, that, that yieldings, that trust, and listen, it all can come and has to come from allowing peace from God to be our strength, Him helping us. You know, there's a lot of self-help books. There's a lot of counseling. There's a lot of things that can be out there to help us, and they can be valuable. They're, 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 they're important tools, parts of the process, but the real Ability for us to be in that place that we need to be and be where God wants us to be is, is through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit so He can show us exactly what it is that we need to do different. The one we can control is us. The one we can absolutely trust unconditionally day in, day out, 
always is the Lord. So when we put those two, two together, then we begin to walk in a place that enables us to, to make all those other things work together. Let's pray. Father, we just draw close to this today, just knowing that through the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do and we walk in all that Colossians says. Lord, our greatest struggle may be peace. And, and there may be many reasons why peace has been lost. Or there, there's may, maybe many good reasons why that we're unable to attain that. But Father, we also know that if we've made Jesus Lord of our life, that, that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And that means we have the attributes of the Holy Spirit, meaning the peace of God. And Lord, we're going we're gonna to choose to walk in that. I pray, Father, today that the people make a choice and a decision that, that Lord, they're going to take your word and, and settle in their heart that, Lord, I'm going I'm I'm to do that. I'm going to walk that out. I'm going to be that work in progress continually, being shaped and molded, remodeled, changed. And I'm going to choose to approach my relationships, both at work, both at, uh, and, and if, they're, if they're married, then Father God, as they make those choices and those decisions, they're going to do it according to the way you said. Lord, I thank you and I praise you that you give us the counsel, the strength, the help, the, the, the ability to accomplish it. All we got to do is surrender to you to say, Lord, I want your help, I need your help. Father, I pray today that you just minister this to us, help us to help this to resonate in our lives, in our hearts. And if there's any that need prayer, I thank you, Father God, that you give us the ability. We'll pray with them. Father, we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.